welcome to the Do Life Different podcast. My name is Mike Francisco, and I'm the lead pastor of 1128 Community Church in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Uh, today, I'm joined by my friend, Melissa Hoffmeister, and she is a, a financial advisor. Is that the appropriate title, Melissa? That is, yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me, Mike. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. And you're also a mom with three boys. Yes. Right, and, and yeah. they keep you busy and all over the place. Oh my goodness, they're 17, 14, and 12, so we're in the thick of it. <laughs> yeah, and then you are married to my good friend Brian, and together you guys planted Lake Point in Muskego uh, what, 10 years ago, right? Is that 10 years? 10 years yeah, it'll be 10 years in October, so it's been fun, a fun journey. And so you have this unique perspective of helping people make wise decisions financially and also um, making wise decisions just with their spiritual life and faith. And so today we're going to kind of dig in a little bit more on this series that we're in called Paycheck to Paycheck and just really breaking down uh, what it looks like to, to maybe step out of that, out of that cycle, uh, to be able to live generously, to be a blessing and to be able to share what we have with others, see life change, not only for ourselves and our family, but in our friends, neighbors, coworkers, whoever it might be. So I appreciate you coming on to talk about that with me. Looking forward to it. Good. So uh, just before we, before we jumped in here, you were saying there's some, some barriers that really hold us back uh, when it comes to to breaking that paycheck to paycheck cycle. And one of the things you said that I wasn't really thinking about, but you you brought it up is that communication is a significant barrier. So how is communication a significant barrier to, to breaking that cycle? Yeah, no, I, so my job day in, day out here as a financial advisor is really to sit down with families to talk through their financial goals and how they live that out. Um, and generosity is a huge part of that. Um, but most of them find themselves living paycheck to paycheck. And they would say it's because um, lack of education, but mainly it's due to um just some unhealthy communication habits that they've been modeled. Um, I think broadly, our culture tells us it's taboo to not talk about money. So kudos to you guys for having a series like that. Um, but not for the reasons you think. I think it's more around we shouldn't rely on others. And so if we have a financial need, that shows weakness and our need for others. And so we don't bring up the conversation in that space. Um, and then it go, flows down to our family unit. So marriage, right? If, if I'm sitting with a couple, um, some of the most tense moments in a meeting are because they're not on the same page. I yeah. ask the question, they've never talked about it before. And it can be as basic as how do you feel about your financial situation? And they, they don't want to put words to that because it might cause tension in their marriage. And so starting with trust in your marriage that, hey, we're going to create a safe environment for us to have a conversation. And it's okay if we're on different pages. Um, you read in books like His, His Needs, Her Needs, mm -hmm. uh, marriage books, where they say one of women's top needs in a marriage is actually financial security. Hmm. They need to know details. They need to know that they're okay. And then men on the other side are like, don't worry, honey, we'll be fine. <laughs> That's not going to cut it for your wife. They need to know how they're going to be fine. But when men hear those questions, 
they don't feel respected as mm. a provider. And so now men's, one of their top need is respect. So you have these two needs butting heads and it's really a communication issue. Women respect men, but they just want to know more. And um, I think that is is just a place that we can start undoing the paycheck to paycheck is starting with our, our communication. And how can we incorporate like our kids into those conversations too? Is, is, is it ever yeah. too early to, to bring that <laughs> Yeah. In some ways, allowing them to see that this is a hard part of marriage helps break that cycle of mm. silence, right? We don't, we yeah. want to raise kids who are going to budget better, make healthier financial choices, be more prepared for their future. Um, simple things in our family that we do are as our kids age, we find age appropriate ways to, to bring them into it. So my 13 year old, he loves shoes. He'd buy the $150 shoes, but they get <laughs> a shoe budget at the beginning of the year. You can get quality shoes for 60 bucks. If yeah. you want nicer shoes, then you can pay the difference. It's a simple thing like that to help them feel the weight of a financial decision, the weight of money. Um, and to even talk through things like, um, how much does it cost when you leave the lights on all day? And they'll roll their eyes at you, but it helps yeah. helps yeah. them make decisions around the house of a little bit different. So, yeah, I think yeah. bringing that into it. I relate with that, uh, leaving the lights on all day. Like I, I, I walk through the house multiple times a day and I'm always like, why is this light on you? <laughs> Everybody looks at me like I'm crazy, but th there's a reason we turn lights off. Um, and, and then also just that idea of inviting kids into to spending and how to use their money. Like I, I relate with that too. We just had a book fair at our school and our kids, we said you could get one book and if you want any books beyond that, you need to bring your own money along and to help them understand how much things cost. And it, it, they're five and seven. So uh, if they can understand it, I'm sure I'm sure kids a little bit older can as well. Yeah. One of the things we're, we're saying in this series is planning ahead, being prepared, getting ready, um, that that's going to set us up long term to actually be able to be generous. Uh, because the facts are not a lot of people are planning ahead. Uh, yeah. I had this statistic about like the typical church in the United States pre-COVID. And I think it's probably similar, if not a little bit worse now. But um, it was interesting to me. They said that 20, 26% of church attenders in the typical church pre-COVID were almost bankrupt. 59% live paycheck to paycheck, 4% are bankrupt, and that 11% are debt-free and excited about their future. That's like, that's crazy to me. And like, in in your experience, does that kind of line up with just what you've heard from people or, or have had conversations about? Absolutely. I feel like that is a pretty realistic statistic, if not worse, like you mentioned. Of course, we don't know everyone's story, but um, when we think of these numbers, oftentimes our mind just goes to this poverty section of the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, these people without opportunities are living this kind of lifestyle. And I would say that right. is not the case. Um, so many, I was reading uh that 50% of Americans who earn more than 100000 a year 
are also in that living paycheck to paycheck category. So you can be of the wealthy still choosing a lifestyle that is paycheck to paycheck. And I think that is the key to a statistics like that of how much of that statistic is choice and how much of that is true need. And um, I think as Christians, we each individually have to work that out with the Holy Spirit of what of our lifestyle is choice and what of that is true need. And um, that's where we can start to undo some of the, of the patterns we've seen. Yeah. And so as we start to think about undoing those patterns, making better choices, ultimately, I think it comes down to, to having a budget, right? Like, Yep. In your in your opinion, do most people have a budget or do most people <laughs> just kind of wing it and see what's left at the end of the month? Yeah, I would say most people wing it. And <laughs> they're, you know, I think that you don't have it's overwhelming. Most people are not analytical. That's mm-hmm. exhausting for them. It's something, it's kind of like me and making healthy eating choices. I can plan my meals for two days and feel like I'm winning, and then it just Oh, the week gets busy, right? Right. And that's the same with this. And I think that it's just starting simple with one or two things you can control out of that. If being generous and giving is a high priority and you want to start there, then you have to carve that out from the top. And you have to say, when I get paid, this automatically goes away. Because what most people are doing is living based on their, their bank app. How does my yeah. bank app look today? Or how is my credit card statement been? Oh, it's higher than normal. I better cut back. We right. all innately can cut back, but we don't when we feel like there's margin. So if you just create giving and saving as a habit off the top, mm-hmm. you're going to probably end up living within what's left. Yeah. But most Americans do it the other way around. Yeah. And we looked at this scripture in Leviticus chapter 19. Just a couple of verses where, where God's telling them, uh, when you harvest the field, uh, don't go all the way to the edge, mm. right? Like he's more or less, he's teaching them to save, save the edges. And he goes on to say, it's for the, the poor and the foreigners, right? Yeah. And really what we're learning in this passage is that uh, the, the farmer, they have enough mm-hmm. and God's providing with, with what's left over to take care of others. Yep. So when when people maybe feel overwhelmed, feel like they don't have enough, uh, what what would you recommend that that they tell themselves that they maybe look at first? You know, what are some things that are easy to to cut back on here or there? Things that yeah. might make big changes in the long run. Um, well, first I would say take some time to pray and write down what you're thankful for. Yeah. I think sometimes just being thankful for what's in front of you helps shift your mind of what you can let go of, you know, Mm -hmm. um, as a parent, I know some of the easiest things to say no to is this barrage of opportunity for my kids. Sure. You can be in in a sport, but you don't need three t-shirts of swag for that same, you know, and then the next one comes and do you want to buy that? Or, or just thinking logically about school pictures, something as simple as that. Let's just get the smallest package to capture that moment. We don't need to have 
gazillions of pictures to send to every family member. Just where can we cut back within what we're already doing, but just saying, let's take one, let's do one less thing in that circle. So we're not cutting out. You can't be in a sport. We're just saying, we're not going out to eat every time after the game with families, even though everyone else is. Um, So I think just cutting back where you're already spending could be a good start. Um, subscriptions is always another one that I hmm. hear people say, I, I don't even realize what's automatically being charged to my credit card. Yeah. Do we actually use those taking 30 minutes to review a credit card statement and canceling some things could be a way to sponsor right. a child overseas or give to a church, local church project. Yeah. I know for me and Colleen, uh, we, we hit a season several years ago when there were just so many things one after another that we didn't feel like we were choosing to spend our money unwisely. Yeah, right. Uh, it felt like it was medical bills. It mm-hmm. was having to repair a car. It was just trying to get by paying rent, you know, those kind of things. What kind of encouragement would you give to a person that maybe feels like I'm not spending money on Starbucks. I'm not spending money on these things I choose for myself, I'm, I'm just trying to get by. What kind of encouragement would you give them? Yeah, I think just um, being conscious of there's an end to some of those things, right? When you have that medical bill paid off, how do we celebrate that with, you know, a scoop of ice cream as a family and say, okay, what are we going to use that monthly payment to be proactive about? You mentioned earlier in the conversation, how do we be proactive? So, we don't have those kind of surprises anymore. Like you will need new tires someday. So let's start saving for these what ifs of life. Um, And I would just say, don't, don't um, get bogged down by the bill today, but when it ends, make sure that $40 or a hundred dollars goes now into a savings account. So you're ready to pay cash for the next thing that comes up. That's all you really have control over, right? Is to not, not take that and then, take on a new expense. Don't add expenses um, if you don't have an emergency fund. And that's, most people do that, right? They mm-hmm. they get a couple free dollars and it, it immediately goes towards something else. Yeah. You get a, a raise and it's a, uh, I'm going to get a new car or there's, there's those kind of things. So yeah, that's absolutely. really helpful to think through. <laughs> One yep. of the things we say uh, in the church quite often is, to take 10 and immediately like give that back to the local church to take mm-hmm. another 10 and to save that and then live off of the 80. Is, is that a helpful practice in your mind? I think that's a great starting point. I think it just gives you like some practical advice. I think it also depends on your age, right? I think if you're, you know, 40 and below that saving 10% for your future makes a lot of sense. If you're 40 and above and you're only saving 10%, you might not be able to stay at the same lifestyle that you are living now in retirement. It might not be enough for the future. Um, so I think there's a few caveats and that's why it's good to meet with a professional. I always say, I don't change my own oil because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, even if I could Google it. But 
there's so many factors to a family situation. Um, but I think that starts some habits to get you going and then coming up with a strategic plan from there. I'd love to see families giving more than 10%. If they're high income families, I'd almost say that's not enough, right? In God's kingdom. Yeah. Um, but in general, that's a really great place to start. Yeah. And then I, I think just to kind of wrap our conversation up here, it seems like everybody has like a, a little bit of generosity within them, mm-hmm. but a lot of times because we haven't planned ahead, yeah, we, we can't necessarily go and buy a meal for a friend, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, so how does, how does planning ahead ultimately free up those dollars? Like, does it, does it just free up a mental space as well for us? Like how, how do you think that affects just our overall big picture outlook on life? Like, does it help us out to plan ahead in that way? Oh my goodness. I feel like there's so much joy in giving that we're kind of missing out on some of the fun of life when we don't plan ahead. Yeah. Um, early in our marriage, when we were, you know, living on ramen and all of those <laughs> things, we would still gave 10% to the church. It was just a non-negotiable for us. And sometimes we literally were like, okay, we're down to ramen for this meal. Yeah. But um, we also, on top of that, had $20 a month that we kept in our wallet so that we could be spontaneously generous. Hmm. And that stayed in our wallet, even if we were eating ramen and we were able to do those fun things like buy someone, buy some kids down the street ice cream or treat, you know, here or there for someone in need, buy some diapers. Um, And I think it could start as simple as that. Like what could paperclip a sticky note that says generosity and put it in your wallet and then grow from there of, we want to sponsor a child. We want to help with this project at church. Like how do you build up? It's just carving that out. Um, you know, month by month, when you free up a bill, reposition that towards the things that you value, like yeah. generosity. Yeah, and ultimately, we're blessed with what we have, so that we can can share it, pass it mm-hmm. on, experience that joy that you're talking about. Yeah. So thank you. That's a that's a really good reminder. That's a great way to end our conversation. Melissa is a professional, and we'll link to her her social media. We'll link to uh, her email and your your site that you guys have. So if people want to reach out to you, uh, they can connect that way. Um, but Melissa, thanks so much for being with me and talking through this a little bit. It's been fun. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. To everybody listening, thanks for joining in and uh, hope to hear from you or connect with you again real soon. Have a good one.